Till I'm Tiptoed You Dot com The podcast about pop culture Black history and spirituality Yeah It's about to be a great vibe Dr. Tip Gonna take it away Till I'm Tiptoed You Hey y'all, hey, it's your girl Tip. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell Em Tip Told You. Happy Black History Month, y'all. Um, I have a lot I want to talk to you about, but most, most of it is uh, centralized around a similar theme. Um, let me just tell you what I want to say. Let me, I want to spend some time talking about black pessimism and the mass media. And then um, because I didn't do it when it happened, because I haven't recorded, I have to say something about that Gail King and Snoop situation. And then I want to talk to you about whether there is a shift coming on my social media accounts. So let me just jump right into um, black pessimism. One of the things that I love most about black folk, and there are a lot of things I love, (laughs) but one of the things I love most is our undying faith and hope, right? We are incredibly resilient people who survive things that I don't know if anyone else could survive. And in the face of terror and oppression and lynching and murders and redlining and equitable school districts and all that kind of stuff, we've always found strength to hope. And that's why I am just dumbfounded and discouraged about how this 2020 presidential election is ramping up. Now, you might ask me, what, is the, what do those two things have to do with each other? Let me tell you. You know, when Trump was first elected, black people made fun of white folk who were fed information by um, Fox News and other right-wing media And we criticize them for not having critical literacy, not having media literacy, not paying attention, being brainwashed, falling for propaganda and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now I'm seeing some of those same black folk on my timelines endorsing Bloomberg. And when they're confronted, right, with Bloomberg's racist policies ideology, which we don't have to have conjecture about, which he has spoken out his own two lips, right? Um, When they're confronted with this, what they say is, but he's the only person that can beat Trump. And I'm like, when did we lose faith? When did we lose hope? Those same people will turn around and say, I can't, I can't support Elizabeth Warren because a woman can't be elected. But then 10 minutes ago, you were talking about how Trump stole the election from Hillary. See, those two things can't be true at the same time. Either, either Trump stole the election from Hillary or a woman can't win. You got to pick one because when you say both come out your mouth, when both come out your mouth, that doesn't make sense to me. We, you brag about how Hillary won the popular vote and then you tell me you can't endorse Warren because a woman can't win. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. And I definitely don't understand how a person of color can listen to the stories of real life stop and frisk victims, can hear Bloomberg say out of his own mouth that redlining was a good idea and still support this man. Now, I know some people that have been offered checks 
So it is well known right now that they're paying people left and right. And I think that's where some of these um, endorsements are coming from. But I am sick of lay people believing that you have to do a thing because you don't have hope for something better. You know, one of my, a friend of mine um, said she's even thinking about sitting out the 2020 election. And I'm like, do you hear yourself? Like, isn't that what happened last time? That a whole lot of people just sat at the house? And you who know that, college educated, terminally degreed, you who know that, you're going to do the same thing again? Really? Like, I don't understand. Well, let me tell you what I think. And, and this is the theme for the entire podcast today. As someone who studies culture, right? There are things that historically black people have valued. And they have had historically a particular cultural orientation aligns with optimism. We are extremely hopeful. You could not have had a Haitian revolution, a Nat uh, Turner's revolt, Nanny Queen of the Maroons. You couldn't have had these things and these people occur if black people didn't have faith that they could do the impossible with nothing, right? You wouldn't have had those things happen. But now when it comes to something as seemingly to me simple as having faith um, that having enough faith that you don't vote for a known racist like that to me is just I don't understand it I don't I really don't understand I had um, even an attorney on my social media feed talking about he would rather Bloomberg be sitting judges than Trump and I'm like but they're the same person Right. When you look at the policies, when you look at the history of their practices, when you look at the history of their the words that come out of their mouth, they are the same person. And how they were friends up until a business deal went bad. And all of a sudden we're supposed to trust him because he has some wonderful. I like the commercials, too. Come on, y'all aren't that easy, easily naive. Can we can we hope that something better is there? Can we do that? Can we not allow our fear and our pessimism to drive us into the arms of another master? <laughs> can we do that? Please, y'all, can we do that? That's all I really want to say about that. I just really, I want you all, those of you who are pro-Bloomberg, please, please, just listen to some of the victims of Stop and Frisk. Watch some old interviews of him. And then decide for yourself, is he really all that different? And then, some of you may not know, he was a Republican until a few years ago. So, I mean, be careful. Be very careful. Now, I wanted to go back to this Snoop and Gale thing because it's related to this in a kind of way. I hope I can pull this together for you in just a second. So, you know, we all are mourning the death of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna. And in an interview with Lisa Leslie... Gail King asked her about, um, you know, the rape accusations that had been levied against Kobe. Now, Kobe never said he didn't do what he was accused of doing. What he said was he did not understand consent. I respect him for that. And it could very well have been true that he just didn't understand consent. And I'm, I'm apt to believe that because of his actions thereafter. Right. Um, but nonetheless, he was uh, uh, Gail King asked Lisa Leslie about it. Now, Lisa Leslie, who is a friend of Kobe, 
Um, and I think also in mourning, we have to remember that that's her friend. So she's still in mourning. Answered the question gracefully. Okay, so here's my position on the, the interview situation itself. Gail King is a journalist. That is her job to ask hard questions. When she was asking Ara hard questions, we applauded that. So I don't have a problem with her asking hard questions. Here is my slight issue with Gail King. Once Lisa Leslie answered the question, you didn't let it go. Right? We're not talking about editing. We're talking about once Lisa Leslie answered your initial question, that could have been the end of that. But then you said, but you would not have known, would you? As if you doubted her response. Now, that's, I think, where some of us who are pro-journalism, pro-responsible reporting, still had a slight issue with how you handled it. Right. So that's my issue with Gail King. Not that she asked the question in the first place. That's her job. I have a question. I have an issue with her follow up question. Right. The doubt that she she's uh, stated. That being said. How Snoop responded to a grown ass black woman is extremely problematic. But I don't want us to be distracted by Snoop because he's yet one man. I want us to be concerned with the, no, the number of brothers and sisters who applauded him calling that woman out of her name. There is an inherent misogyny. It's very hurtful that these men who are supposed to have us, supposed to have our back, who are supposed to protect us. I'm sorry, my gender roles are there. I'm sorry. Um, I don't mean to be heteronormative. That's just my Southern upbringing coming out. Um, but I do feel like we're supposed to protect one another. And in his in his nastiness, he betrayed, in my opinion, a certain sentiment about the disposability of black women. It hurt my heart. It hurt my heart. Now, let me tell you what all this has to do with me. As I said before, I study culture. I study culture in general, and I study black culture <laughs> particularly. I'm a student of black history, trained as such. And I think about the underlying structures of culture, our axiology, our ontology, our epistemology, those big words that, that just mean how it is we do what we do, or what Aye Kwe Ma calls the way. I think about how far, seemingly, we have come from the way. And it is incredibly discouraging. When I see black people lose hope, I am discouraged. When I see black men attack black women and vice versa, it's hard not to lose hope that the way has been permanently lost. Now, I don't think it's permanently lost to all of us. Here's my homework assignment to you. I want you to read. You don't even have to read the whole book because the prologue alone changed my life. I need for you to go look for Armaz. His last name is A-R-M-A-H. I want you to go look for 2000 Seasons. And even if you don't want to read the whole book, just read the prologue. Because that's how I'm feeling today. Let me add something else to the Gail King and the pessimism thing. So I'm in a Facebook group for black teachers, right? And when I tell you the way some of these black folk talk about students, it doesn't matter that they're black teachers in a classroom. 
Like all black teachers aren't black teachers, if that makes sense. All my skin folk ain't my kin folk. So I'm dealing with how I feel about black pessimism and how I feel about massage noir and how I feel about black teachers not having faith in black students. And I'm all this is running together on me. And this morning, a few minutes ago, I was driving in the car and um, Cynthia Arrivo's version of stand up from the movie Harriet, that song came on. And before I knew it, I was in tears because there's the part of the chorus is I'm going to stand up. I'm going to take my people with me. Right. I'm going to take my people with me. And when she sang that line, y'all, I lost it. I was in church on a Sunday morning. You hear me? I, I realized what has been bothering me about these things. And it is seemingly what are my rights about in 2000 seasons. It is seeming that black folk in general are moving further and further away from the root of who we are. What Marimba Ani calls the cultural asili, the seed of who we are. I don't I think we're losing it. I think some of us are losing it. I think some of us are losing it. And in and we're losing it in such a way that we don't even recognize that it's lost. See, there is a kind of collective sense of responsibility embedded within black cultural ethos as I've studied it. Right. That historically black people have sought to unite more, far more often than they've sought to be individuals. We've sought to work together far more often than we have sought to work alone. But yet and still, I'm watching as that asili, that cultural seed of who we are is shifting and it frightens me. It frightens me and it discourages me. And so I'm left with questions like, why are we changing now, you talk to some people and they say, you know, we were better off during segregation because we were amongst ourselves and we were socializing our own children. That might be part of it. I don't know. I mean, that makes sense to me that that would be part of it. But that certainly can't be all of it because I'm at an HBCU. And even at that HBCU, now, I'm not saying that we're completely segregated. We have a very diverse student population and faculty. However, even there, I'm not sure the cultural asili is the same when I see my students struggle individually when they could be much stronger together. I, y'all, I am just, okay, so let me tell you who I am, right? So for years, for the past three years I've had this podcast, for, for years I have been um, a life coach, Right? And working with individuals to try to help them reach their potential, to figure out what the potential is, to recognize their behavioral patterns, all that kind of stuff so that they could live their best lives. <laughs> right. Um, and I still have that in me. But as I think about 2000 seasons, I am reminded of what I had done years ago when I got my first iPad. y'all. Let me date myself. When the iPads first came out and I got one, they had free engraving. And on the back of my iPad, I had utterer engraved on it. Now, if you read the prologue for 2000 Seasons, you'll see why I chose that. Because in in the prologue, Armand talks about that there will come a time when our people will be rushing to death. Rushing to death and that it's in a seemingly unstoppable flow. 
And there will be some of us who are standing there trying to remind them of the way. And those people he calls utterers. And so when I first read 2000 season, I was like, that's my role. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I chose to go into the field that I'm in. But I realize now that I have not been doing that work because I've been distracted from by the life coaching and the social media posts and content creation and all this kind of, you know, bells and whistles that come along with being a social entrepreneur. I still have that heart in me. I'm still an entrepreneur. I still have my consulting firm. If y'all need educational services, make sure you hit up pogueeducationalconsulting.com. <laughs> but... um I can't be distracted from the role that I'm supposed to play. And that is to remind our people of the way. Like this shit that's going on now, that's not us. Pessimism is not us. Massage noir is not us. Hate is not us. That is not who we are. That is not who we've been. And I truly, truly, truly believe that part of my job is to share history and culture with as many people as possible so that I can remind us of the way, right? I'm not telling you to follow my way. I don't, I, the, the way wasn't created by me. I had nothing to do with building the way. I'm just a witness to the way. I'm a witness to how the way has changed my own life. And because of that, I would be stingy and selfish and acting outside of the way if I didn't share it with you all. And so if you follow me on social media, you'll notice that a shift is happening. It's still going to be tell them to told you because I'm still tipping. I'm still going to tell you what I think. But now it's culture EDU. So from now on, on the first of every month, I'll be releasing a mini syllabus. And that mini syllabus will be united around a particular theme for the month. Um, and it'll be like a self-paced learning guide, some, some of my favorite resources, books, journal articles, videos, etc. on a particular topic. And then let's learn together, babe. You know, that's I, the, the syllabus will be free. Make sure you're um, subscribed to either the website, www.tellemtiptoldyou.com, or go to my Instagram, click the link in my bio, and get on my email list so that when the March 1st edition comes out, you have it. And I can tell you right now that March 1st, because it's um, March is Women's History Month, we're going to be talking about black women as makers of the world for the month of March. And so when the syllabus comes out, it'll be readings, um, resources and other materials related to that. And then the podcasts during that month will be on that topic. And if you are in middle Georgia and you come to my free black history classes, that's what the black history class that month will be about. But I really, you know, in this current age of everybody trying to be a business person, I respect that. And I really listen. You want to talk about history and culture. We are producers by nature and we have turned in consumers. So I'm very happy at this new trend of social entrepreneurship. Right. Because I think we are witnessing black people become producers again. We've always been producers, but I think far too many of us were shifting towards the consumer route. And I'm happy to see us reclaim some of our original orientation. But at the same time, everybody's not built for that. And I was trying to do that because it seemed to be the trend. But that was not my calling. It's not my walk. And so part of what I want this podcast to do is to help you figure out the space and figure out how to create the space for you to walk your own walk. As long as that walk is aligned with the way. 
Right. So that's what that, that's the shift that's coming. I hope um, that you come with me on that shift. If you have any ideas of what I should do on that shift, make sure you send me an email to Dr. Tip at tellemtiptoldyou.com. If you'd like to be a podcast guest, make sure you hit up the website. And on that first page, click the link that says be a podcast guest. Fill out the form so I can get in touch with you record um, to get a recording date. Um, that is pretty much all I wanted to talk to you about today. I want you to, rem- to remember to have faith. Make sure you do the homework. Find 2,000 seasons. Go to the library. You don't have to buy it. Go to the library and read the prologue. If you can't read nothing else, read the prologue. And then let's talk about it. All right. I thank you for joining me for another edition. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Tell them Tip told you. Bye. Today's episode of Tell Em Tip Told You is brought to you by the Freshman Boot Camp. The Freshman Boot Camp is an online course designed to help first-year college students make the adjustment to college life and be successful. You can learn more at www.pogueeducationalconsulting.com. We'll put a link in the show notes for you.